Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I am B-Rob, and today's episode is episode 32, and it is July 16th in the dreadful year of 2020. But 2020, my friends, may be starting to get better quite soon. And I'm talking about sports coming back, thank God. So today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about everything you need to know about the upcoming NBA restart, the bubble, the playoffs, the remaining games they have of the regular season, the races for the eighth seed in the Eastern and Western Conference, um, how the play-in game would work for that. Uh, and then we're also going to be looking at odds to win um, that team, best team or team to win the NBA championship, Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals. Feels good to talk about betting again because it... <clears throat> it has been so long since I was able to like really look at betting odds and not be like, oh, it's not a year away or some weird eSport that I don't understand. Um, again, this is episode 32 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. If you like what you hear, um, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. You can give us a five-star rating. Um, and if you do that, you just in your five-star review, just drop a question in there and I'll read it out loud on the podcast, and um, you can even roast me in your uh, five-star review. Eh, be nice. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go about everything you need to know about the NBA playoff, the bubble, the restart. Let me start breaking it down. And later in the show, my dad is going to join, and we're going to talk about some other stuff, but for the time being, it's just me and my producer, Boogie Robbins, my dog, who is more focused on a dog that is across the street than producing this podcast. So bear with me, folks. Um, all right, so games are going to start July 30th in the NBA restart. Two games are going to happen on that night. You got the Jazz versus the Pelicans and the Lakers versus the Clippers. Lakers versus Clippers is obviously a huge game to have out right out of the gate. They're two of the best three teams. I might say they're the two best teams, but that's why we play these playoffs to find out. The other game we have is Jazz versus Pelicans, which is sadly kind of the the wind has been taken out of the sails of that, even though the Pelicans are a good team with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Zion today um, left the NBA bubble for family reasons, so we hope all that works out for him, and we can maybe, hopefully, I really want to see Zion get a chance to go for that eight seed. So how this is going to work is the seven best teams in each conference, by best, I mean regular season record, plus these eight games, the seven seeds clinch their playoff berth, right? But the eighth seed, what is going to happen with that is the eighth seed could come down to a play-in tournament. And let me just tell you how that's going to happen. So if the team with the eighth best record is more than four games ahead of the nine seed after these eight games, no play-in tourney. The eighth seed's the eighth seed. But if the nine seed is within four games, so four fewer games of that um, eight seed, what is going to after these eight games again? What's going to happen is those two teams are going to play a best of two series. The eighth seed just needs to win one game, and they clinch their spot as the eighth seed in the playoffs. The ninth seed needs to beat them twice in a row to take that eighth spot and then match up against the one in the playoffs. So a play-in game could be pretty fun. I mean, we saw this a couple years ago. I don't believe it was last year. It was like two or three years ago with the Nuggets, and there was a couple teams that were it was the T-Wolves, the Nuggets, I'm pretty sure. I think the T-Wolves got it, but they were both fighting to get into the playoffs on the last day of the regular season. So if something like this happens, say it's maybe like the Grizzlies versus the Pelicans, the Grizzlies versus the Kings, Grizzlies Blazers, um, that would be very exciting. And so um, everything after that point is the same as a usual NBA playoffs. So the the eight, the eight games before and the weird stuff with the 8-9 seed, that's the only thing different about these playoffs, and it's just in the beginning. So going forth, forward is just completely normal. So you have the first round of the playoffs – is going to start on August 17th. Second round, August 31st. Your conference finals are going to be looking at September 15th, and the NBA finals are going to start on September 30th. And the NBA is not going to stop with the finals. You go ahead to October 16th, so after the finals, you're going to have the draft, and then free agency is going to start on October 19th, about three days after the draft. And then on December 1st, most likely is when the next NBA season should start, or is going to start. I think it should start on Christmas. I think um, it was the lockout year, I believe. It was that 2011, 2012, something like that, when um, all the games, the first games of the season were on Christmas. I think Melo just went off with the Knicks, probably forgetting some other good stuff. But um, I, I think the NBA should start on Christmas. I think I would just distance myself from football as 
far as you can, because I love both football and basketball, but we're talking about December, November. I'm watching on Sundays. I'm not going to watch an NBA game because football's on, obviously. And then on Monday nights, that's taken away from, I just think that they should try and be separate. But that's just my two cents, because I want to watch both. Let's talk about the race for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. So I'll give you a general overview of what we have going on. So we have right now the Grizzlies are the eighth seed. They're 32 and 33. They are minus 143 to get that eight seed. So they're a pretty heavy favorite here. And that makes sense because they're three and a half games in front of the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, and the Kings. So the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and the Kings are all three and a half games back at the Grizzlies. When you look at the Trailblazers, they're given plus 400, yard, uh, plus 400 odds to get the eight seed. You got plus 300 for the Pelicans and plus 1,100 for the Kings, plus 1,300 for the Spurs, who are four games back, then plus 6,000 for the Suns, who are six games back. Um, so obviously, a lot of the talk for this eighth seed, and a lot of people think, honestly, the reason they're doing this play-in tournament for the eighth seed is because the NBA desperately wants Zion to play LeBron in the first round. I believe that. I think that's that. I think that's probably true. Um, but the Pelicans, as I just mentioned earlier, Zion is going to miss a good amount. Or actually, if he's gone for, we'll see. It all depends on when he comes back and he has to quarantine for seven days. So Zion should maybe only miss two or three games, hopefully. But we have to see how that will go. But so the Pelicans are the favorite outside of the Grizzlies to go get that eight seed. And the Trailblazers are the, um, the second because I think the reason the Trailblazers are second is because they have Damon Lillard. He's by far the best player in this group of teams we're talking about here. Um, and one thing I found really interesting with this, the Kings at plus 1,100. That's pretty good. The, the, the Kings are not bad. I don't understand how the Blazers and Pelicans can be favored by so much more than the Kings. I guess what we'll, we'll say is like the Pelicans have a very easy remaining schedule. Add that with the hype of Zion. I understand why they're the favorite outside of the Grizzlies. I don't think it's fair to give the Blazers plus seven or the Kings are plus 700 more. So they're at plus 1100 and the, the Blazers are at plus 400. I don't think that, I don't think that that's accurate. I think the Kings should probably be at like plus 750 or maybe you scoot the Blazers back to plus 550 and the Kings at plus 850. Um, because I do think you should probably give the Trailblazers the edge because they have Damian Lillard. But I mean, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to put on a show in these, uh, eight games to try and get that eight seed and because there's all this talk of John Morant this John Morant that I think De'Aaron Fox is an elite point guard so that's a little biased though because I do like the Kings um Zion's gonna leave the bubble so I I'm really I'm taking the Pelicans I don't I'm, I don't think they're going to catch the Grizzlies the Grizzlies however do have the hardest remaining schedule I love I, th I mean, the safe bet here, let's be real. I think the Grizzlies are probably going to keep the eight seed. They're three and a half games back, and they only have to play eight games. They're at minus 143, but that's not that much fun. So I guess, like, the the my pitch, like, the not a best bet, but just maybe something you throw out there. I like the Kings at plus 1,100. That's great odds. The Grizzlies are probably going to um, keep it, but I like those odds much better than the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies. There are Trailblazers and the Pelicans because... The Grizzlies do have a, a pretty big lead, and all they've been hearing during quarantine is how Zion and Damian Lillard and all these teams are going to come take it from them, and they, they seem like a very motivated team. So let's move on to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. So it's a little different here. So in the East, we're going to start with the seventh seed because the Brooklyn Nets are 30 and 34. The Orlando Magic are 30 and 35, and then the Wizards are 24 and 40. So the Nets and the Magic are are apart by a half game and then the Wizards are down by five and a half the reason so the Nets at that are at that seven seed right now they have to play eight more games I think that the Nets probably fall to that eight seed because of obviously Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant aren't playing pretty sure Spencer Dimwitty is not playing and they're just kind of a depleted team yes I love Karis LeVert we're going to be getting to see a lot of him but I, I think that the Nets will probably drop to that eight. I don't think that they will drop so much that Washington can get out of that nine spot from five and a half games back. As much as I love Bradley Beal, 
I, I just don't see it there. The Wizards really, I don't think, have much of a chance in this. So really what I think is going to happen in the East is you got the Nets are going to go, the Nets are minus 250 to get the eight seed. And they're the seven seed right now. So that's what Vegas is thinking. They're thinking that the Nets with the depleted roster are going to fall to that eight spot. And I, I think they are. And then the Magic, however, if you think the Magic are going to be that eight seed, you can get that at plus 200. Again, I think that the Nets and the Magic are the two teams that are going to make it, but I do think the Magic will overpass the Nets in um, those eight games. And then the Wizards, you can get them at plus 2,100, but I love Brad Beal as much as anyone. I just don't think that he's the best player in this group of teams that we're talking about. Obviously, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, we can't include because they're injured. Um, But I don't think it's enough for Washington. All right, let's start talking about a little more... A little more fun stuff, not the eight and nine teams. Let's talk about like the favorites here. Let's talk about the 2020 NBA playoffs. Let's look at the betting odds via Bovada. So we'll start with to win the Western Conference. The Lakers are the favorite at plus 135. You got the Clippers at plus 180. Rockets at plus 650. Nuggets at plus 1,000. Jazz at plus 2,600. And Mavs at plus 1,800. I really like Jokic, and I like what the Nuggets have done. I think Mike Malone, Mike Malone is a tremendous coach. This is a two-man, this is a two-team race, guys. I mean, unless barring some star player gets sick, which we don't want to happen, but who knows what's going to happen. I think this is a two-dog race here in the West. I think we're going to get Lakers, Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, and I think the Clippers are going to win, and so I like the Clippers. They're the second favorite at plus 180. I really like that there. I'm going to circle that right now, actually. What do you think about that, Boogie? Oh, folks, our producer is not even not even looking at the show anymore. He is completely on the other side of the room. Just, just disrespectful, Boogie. He's nothing to say either. Sorry. All right, let's get back into it. To win the East, you got the Bucks at minus 185. The Bucks heavy, heavy, heavy favorite to win the East there. You got the Celtics then at plus 550, Raptors at plus 600, Heat plus uh, 1100, 76ers at plus 750, Pacers at plus 5000. Listen, I think the Bucks should definitely be the favorite, but it's not really revolutionary or anything if I'm like, yeah, you should go bet on the Bucks. Like, of course, that's like, that's like obvious, but where's the value? That's what we want to think about. So when we're looking at it, the Bucks at minus 185. There's not much value in that, but what you could do is you could potentially parlay Bucks and Clippers. So let me look at that for actually right now. So you can, because you can parlay like who you think is going to win the East and the West, the finals matchup. So if you are very confident in the Bucks, but you don't really want to just do that minus 135, I totally get that. So what you could do is you could pair the Bucks and the Clippers to be the finals matchup at plus 350. Same thing. If you don't want to bet on the, I mean, the Lakers are up uh, plus one thirty-five, so that's not bad value. But if you are confident in the Bucks and the Lakers right now, you could get Bucks Lakers championship for plus three hundred. And then one, I'll throw this one other at you before we get back into just winning the East. If it was potentially, I like this one: Raptors Clippers. The Raptors are just so well coached. Pascal Siakam, he's not Giannis, but he's a good guy to throw at him. They've got a, a lot of 3 and D wings. Kyle Lowry has proven that he can deliver in the biggest moments. Just remember game six of the finals last year. Um, I th- think the Bucks are the heavy favorite, but a Raptors-Clippers final, you can get that for plus 1,800, which is uh, very intriguing. I like that. So when we're looking at the East, I do think the Bucks are going to win. But as far as uh, best bets go or like looking at stuff, I like the Raptors at plus 600. I was a little more high on the Celtics earlier, but I, I found out like so Gordon Hayward, his wife is uh, giving birth at some point during this summer during the when they would be in the bubble. So whenever that happens, he's leaving. And I know Gordon Hayward has not been the Gordon Hayward of the Jazz when he's been with the Celtics, but he's still a valuable player. He's a great playmaker, and he can shoot. And he was up and down this season, so maybe he would have been up in the playoffs. So that does hurt the Celtics for me to like win the East. Um, so the long shot, I guess you go Raptors at plus 600. And then again, if you want to get like real value, you can parlay. Okay, now let's talk about just to win the NBA Finals. The Lakers are the favorite at plus 200. The Bucks are the second favorite at plus 280, and the Clippers are at plus 300. I, I've i seen 
over the past like couple months, it's kind of fluctuated with the Bucks and Clippers have been really close to each other. They've been the same, and so now it's kind of like around what it was, Bucks at plus 280, Clippers at plus 300, um, and then you, as you go farther down the line, you got the Celtics at plus 1300, Raptors at plus 1600, and Rockets at plus 1300, and that's just a dumb bet. The Rockets have no fucking chance. There's no way the Rockets do anything. Um, I literally think like the Oklahoma City Thunder have a better chance at winning the title than the Rockets. Watch the Rockets win the title. God, that would fucking suck. Um, okay. So, but as far as what I like in these odds, I, I, I love the Clippers at plus 300. I think that's very, very, um, I think that's very good there. They have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I don't even love Paul George that much, but Kawhi Leonard, we know what he can do. And then the Clippers just have such a good group of guys. You got Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Landry Shamit, one of the Morris brothers, cause I can never tell them apart. You got players and, um, I, I like the Clippers chances this postseason. And so plus 300 is interesting there. And so something I want to go, I'm, I'm going to continue this conversation a in a minute with my dad, but I want to talk about this a little before. So when you're looking at like to win the title, these odds, all of these odds are obviously assuming that LeBron is on the Lakers. Giannis is on the Bucks. Kawhi and Paul George are on the Clippers. We've seen what's been going on. So what I'm saying is, these odds could shift so quickly. One player gets sick. One player has to miss a series and everything can change. So that's why I think doing these kind of like longer distance, like future bets here, there's immense value because everything could change in five seconds. So when you look at those odds for the Celtics Raptors, plus 1300, plus 1600, I mean, it's, it's maybe worth throwing a bone at. Because who knows what the fuck is going to happen? Who knows what player not, might not be playing? And yeah, that sucks because you want you want to see the best. You want to have in the NBA playoffs the best of both teams going at it. So it's like the, the best basketball you could imagine, right? But I think if twenty twenty has taught us anything, it's just like you're gonna you can't you can't expect anything. Like everything is going to be like up in the air. You can't control anything. So I think that. Um, I think that it is worth throwing at Celtics and Raptors there, and maybe some other teams. If I mean, if you're going to make the Nuggets argument, maybe there's just a lot of uncertainty in what's going to happen, how this bubble is going to work, what type of shape the players are coming back in. I mean, it's fascinating from a fan. Like for us, it's going to be so cool to watch. Like who's going to be the player that comes back extremely out of shape? Who's going to be the player that comes back extremely in shape? Who's going to be the the team that clearly a bunch of their guys were not taking like social distancing seriously and a bunch get sent home. That actually probably won't happen though, because of um, they've been testing them for so long. And a lot of the people, cause I believe like Harrison Barnes, Bam Adebayo, I could be wrong. There's a couple people who in Russell Westbrook, they tested positive and haven't gone to they're isolating right now, quarantining, and then they're going to go in about a week. So they should actually be there in game time. But the point of that being is just who knows what's going to happen any given day. So throwing down those futures when you can get over a thousand plus a thousand in odds, I like that, especially for a team like the Raptors, who, yes, they lost Kawhi Leonard, but they are defending champions. They have who I think should be the coach of the year, Nick Nurse, and Pascal Siakam has emerged. And Nick Nurse really just has the ability to just like look at how Norman Powell has played this year. He just really gets a lot out of his guys. So that is my long intro where I'm just rambling on about the NBA. Um, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or leave a comment, however you want. If any of that, if you have any questions about how the NBA restart would work, I think it's pretty, we should be pretty straightforward now. And then maybe we'll do a mailbag before it all restarts where everyone can, I'll do some like polls or stuff. So we see what the Pineapple Couch listeners think is going to happen in these NBA playoffs because really anything could happen I think I mean if I had to make an official prediction right now I think it'll be Clippers versus the Bucks but again anything can happen all right stay tuned I will be joined by our resident NBA insider a little late programming change here folks a resident NBA insider John Robbins will be joining the program and we are going to be talking about some NBA topics including what team could win the title without their best player, 
who is the dark horse player-wise for this year's playoffs? What team will Antonio Brown end up on? Dak Prescott? Madden ratings? All that and more right after this. Welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. This is B-Rob. I am joined by resident NBA insider John Robbins. John, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Very, very good. Good to have you here. So we just got some breaking news as we're recording this. Uh, Montrezl Harrell has left the NBA bubble for emergency family reasons. Correct. So that is a big blow to the Clippers. We also hope everything's okay with Montrezl Harrell. We hope to see him back in the bubble. But that is a, that's a big hit because they're going to, like, Zubak is going to have to obviously play a much bigger role now. And um, they're going to go small probably with the Morris brother, whatever Morris brother they have. Um, what, what do you think, what is the, if Harrell doesn't come back, does that really, really fucking hurt the Clippers? I think the Clippers would be fine in any series without him until they face the Lakers because Montrezl Harrell's got to be the main guy they're going to use to put on Anthony Davis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, also, though, when you think about some of the other teams in the Western Conference, if the Clippers do play the Mavericks in the first rounds like it looks right now, Porzingis might have a field day. And then you think about other teams like Jokic. Jokic would eat. So Clippers are my pick, I think, to make it out of the West right now, but that certainly is... That's a big blow to them, wouldn't you think? Yeah, he can make it back to the bubble though. Like he, yeah, they, he they still have time because it starts on July thirtieth, um, and then obviously there's the playing games, and the Clippers are already pretty much up there. So okay, the topic we wanted to start with, we got a bunch of topics. This should be fun. It's gonna be more like open ended, just a, a free form. What team could win the NBA title without their best player? So as all this news comes out about people leaving the bubble, people getting diagnosed. And it sucks and all this stuff, but we wanted to talk about what team, if every team in the NBA lost their best player, what team do we think could win the NBA championship? Yeah. And so, like, a couple examples of this. Like, the Lakers, the Lakers would lose LeBron, Kawhi would leave the Clippers, Giannis, the Bucks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it'll be, like, a team like the Raptors, we can talk about it, because they have Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam, it's a little closer. Um... And then I think Tatum is the best player on the Celtics, but at the beginning of the year, him and Kemba was more of a thing. So let's just you give me a team. Talk, we'll talk about that for a little, and then I'll give you a team. Who is um? What type? What teams are you thinking would be very competitive if everybody lost their best player? I know this is a weird argument, but hey, it might it might fucking happen. Unfortunately, so. Okay, in my eyes, I believe Pascal Siakam is the best player on the Raptors, and I think still think if they lost Siakam, the Raptors would still be a hard team to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Nurse, the coaching, Kyle Lowry is a champion, and I mean, just think about in the last year how Kyle Lowry's reputation has changed. Oh, it's it's crazy, but he day. deserves it, and he's a he's a good player. Um, if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt, he would have lost though. Um, so uh, a team I have for which team could win the title without their best player, I have the Seventy Sixers. Oh, I didn't they, even think about them. They'd get about. better. They, yeah, they would get, I think, better. So if they lost Embiid or Simmons, I think that they would just work a lot better. Um, that's, that's really good. I think that the Sixers would be very, very competitive because, like, obviously the Sixers aren't a favorite to win the title right now, but if you took away everyone's best player, the Sixers do have two, like, unicorns that don't fit together. So that Everyone might... gets worse and they get better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I'll throw one more at you, and then you can go. I have the Clippers as very much up there. I mean, so if you think about it, they lose Kawhi. I obviously am not a big Paul George guy, but... Yeah, they're still a stacked roster. They have a stacked roster. Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, hopefully he comes back. But then the Morris, um, Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamit. Just, I think the Clippers would be good no matter what. Like, Because think about it, they're pretty good last year with neither Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So, um, who else you got? Um, I do have the Celtics still, even without Jason Tatum. I think Jalen Brown would be able to kill it, and still got Kemba Walker. Even though I feel he's been a, he's been he's been good with the Celtics, but a little mm-hmm. underwhelming in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's well, the playoffs are going to be big for him. That's why the Celtics got him. Kemba's never really had this moment in the playoffs. I believe he's made it once to the playoffs and got swept by LeBron. Um, so yeah, I like that Celtics take. And, uh, and my last one with this would be, um, you might have a couple others, but I think the Jazz would get better if they lost Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. I don't think that they would I don't win think the he's title. Their best player, though. 
right? Isn't Donovan Mitchell their best player? In my opinion. In our opinion, but like, look at Rudy Gobert gets Defensive Player of the Year love. So if I was able to take away Rudy Gobert from the Jazz, they were a team I think would get kind of better in a weird way. Um, did you think of any other teams in this? I did have the Lakers on just out of respect for Anthony Davis because he's but just John, such uh, an insane uh, uh, second best option. Johnny, you remember the Pelicans? Yeah, but if you take away everyone's best player, do you remember the Lakers the would be good? Anthony Davis quit on the Pelicans team. That that roster. If you take away Le- LeBron off this Lakers roster, last year's Pelicans team was a better roster than what he would be with on the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, it's just hard to when everyone's losing their best player and you still have a top five player in the league. I think it needs to be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it the Lakers. Um, they're certainly like the star power. What's different between them and the Clippers is obviously like the Clippers do have those two big stars, but they also have the young players kind of backing them up. The Lakers have Kuzma. Caruso, but other than that, it's kind of a bunch of journeymen. Pretty shitty. Um, all right, here's let's go to our next topic here. Did you have anything else? No, that's good. Okay, so it's this is more like I don't. You don't need to just say one player. You can we can maybe talk about a group of players who is like the dark horse player wise to have like a huge playoff. So not like a dark horse team, but what player do you think could have a huge impact that we don't really see coming? And the caveat with this, as it is with all playoff discussions, is. If someone is going to be have that big of an impact and be like the dark horse of the playoffs, you, you got to get out of the first round and probably out of the second round. Um, but where I think it's so up in the air of how the NBA is going to be that um, we can kind of just name t- players from teams around, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll start it off. Um, dark horse player-wise to have a huge playoffs as I have. You mentioned him earlier. I have Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown... Um, I think by no means do I think this is like Tatum st- taking a step back at all. I just think the Celtics are a legit threat in the East, and if Gordon Hayward has to leave because his wife gives birth, Jalen Brown is going to be thrusted even to a bigger role scoring-wise and playmaking-wise, and I think he can deliver. I think he's a great two-way player, um, and I could see the Celtics, if they make a finals run, it obviously, I think Tatum would have to be the best player, but it would be the the narrative would more be like Tatum and Brown, just yeah. you know, over the more passage. so than Kemba, you know. And you know, I've I've said this on the pod a bunch of times. And I know it sounds crazy, but Tatum and Brown is like that kind of like Jordan Pippen. They're obviously not there yet. I'm not, but it's like it could be something. Obviously, they're not going to be Michael Jordan, but it could be something pretty cool when you have two wings that can play both ways like them. Who do you got? I have Jimmy Butler. Of the Miami Heat. I had him down as well. For the reason that if we're looking at this NBA restart and weird stuff just happens, like, I think there's a scenario where the Heat could somehow realistically, like, they could make it to the finals, I think. If Jimmy Butler is in shape with the the Bam Adebayos and Tyler Heroes and Kendrick Nunns and they just get hot and Jimmy Butler gets feisty. Goran Dragic. It's great to watch. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, I I think he could definitely... um... The weird thing is, I and I mentioned this earlier on the pod, so I'm kind of repeating myself, is that um, just anything could happen in these playoffs. Like, I hate to say this example because I think he's but like, let's say, I pray to God this doesn't happen. Like, something were to happen, like Giannis couldn't play or LeBron couldn't play. That just completely opens up the playoffs. Think about the Eastern Conference, what that would do. It's just, um, and hopefully none of that stuff happens, but I do think that it's going to be a weird playoffs. It's going to... We're going to see things that we aren't, haven't seen before and might not see again. So I think that's why these dark horse conversations are kind of interesting because it really so much of it is up in the air. Another guy I had down was a uh, Kyle Lowry. I know that's he just won the title, so like as a dark horse, like um, it doesn't really count. But I do not think there's enough hype about the Raptors. The Raptors are the two seed in the East right now, and um, like let's say the Raptors make a run and Kyle Lowry's putting up like 25 a game and eight assists, like. He has that in him because if you think about it too, in the Eastern Conference, you don't have great defensive guards swarming on um, fuck Kyle Lowry. Because like if you think about Milwaukee, Eric Bledsoe, who I'm pretty sure got uh, is diagnosed with he something happened to Eric Bledsoe. I don't know. I don't want to say something. Like it was some, either he had COVID or family problems or he got hurt. I don't know. I just okay. know he's not out. And even if he's in. I mean, I think Kyle Lowry would use Eric Bledsoe. And then you go down the list of these Eastern Conference teams. Kemba Walker, great offensive player. Kyle Lowry could destroy him on defense. And then the 76ers. Yeah, you have Ben Simmons, who's a 
but he doesn't generally always guard the point guard. So you have to move it around. You'd probably have Josh Richardson on Kyle Lowry. Did you see Brett Brown has been running Ben Simmons exclusively at power forward? Yeah, that's, I think that's really fucking smart. Yeah. I saw but, a video and he was hitting threes in practice. You should have Ben Simmons, like, yes, he should be able to, like, run points sometimes, but you also need, like, a guy, you need, like, a normal one. Like, think about, like, TJ McConnell, but just, like, way better. Yeah, they're Like running, a Derek Fisher. They're running Shake Milton, I think. Yeah, yeah. you need, like, a... Because, like, Kobe is this way where Kobe was like, yeah, well, Kobe can run the offense, but you also want um somebody there who also can who maybe isn't as expensive you know what i mean um is there any other players that because we didn't i didn't talk about anyone in the west wise um a player who i don't necessarily think could be a dark horse but so much rides on this player is jamal murray jamal murray has a huge huge playoffs in front of him yeah and um are the nuggets the two seed right now the Nuggets are the three seed. I don't know. Look that up. Um, but I think Jamal Murray, I mean, because Jokic is the best player on that team, but um, there's a lot of pressure on him to perform in these playoffs because the Nuggets, they're the, either the two or three seed. We got Johnny looking it up right now. Um, and there is expectations. They're the three. Yeah, that's what I thought because we have the two seven is a Clippers Mavericks right now. Yep. Um, J- Jamal Murray is going to need to have a big playoffs and, do you think that Jamal Murray has it in him? Uh, Jamal Murray is such a tough... I don't know. Like, I don't think you can win a championship with Jamal Murray as your second best player, really. But he showed up last year in more than I thought he would be able to. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess the... So, the Nuggets... I really like the Nuggets. Like I really like this team. I do not think they're going to win the title this year. But the Nuggets would become a legit title threat if Michael Porter Jr. turned into Michael Porter Jr like what he could be that's exactly what they need because then jamal murray could be their third best player and um so murray i think there's a lot of expectations on him what think let's think right now like what are other players that have a huge amount of expectations on them or not expectations just pressure i think you got kyle kuzma on the lakers has a decent amount of pressure on him i think anthony davis to a degree has a lot of pressure on him but i think anthony davis is going to be able to deliver um i think the bucks have a lot of pressure Giannis. Mm-hmm. i think Giannis um, has the most pressure in the entire playoffs i think yeah because he has a reputation of he's might be the best player in the regular he's the best player in the regular season and then you just it's just like you have to put like an asterisk next to it but we've never seen it in the playoffs so. yeah so um yeah there's obviously a ton of pressure on Giannis. um and then i, I we're the, like Kawhi is just so cool because there's like no pressure on Kawhi. I don't know why, but he just never has. I think there is a lot of pressure on Brett Brown, who you just mentioned. And I think there is not like a vocal pressure, but there's like a silent pressure in Philly, I think, around Embiid and Simmons for these playoffs. Like, let's see what you guys can do. Like, you're we all we hear is about how you guys don't work well together. And um, so I think this is going to be big. Yeah, I think if the the season were just to continue, there would be more pressure on the Sixers than there is now, just because I feel like they have an excuse to say, oh, it's weird circumstances. But before this, the whole everything shut down, there was like rumors that if they don't play well in the playoffs, like they're going to break it up this year. Yeah. So I think that the, I think we talked about this earlier that this might have weirdly saved the Sixers or given them another year. Um, And sorry if you do hear the hammering in the background. Our neighbor just literally likes to hit things with hammers. It's like he's <laughs> always like, it, always doing something and it's like the type of person who's always working on a car like he's been working on the same car in the driveway since i moved here like however fucking long ago so excuse that um um let's think a little more let's talk a little bit more about the nba playoffs because we're going to move into some nfl topics here um just like overall thoughts like do you think like what would you put like the bucks so like what like percentage wise do you think their shot at it like going to the finals is? Would you give them like an eighty, sixty five? What do you 50%. think? Fifty percent. Fifty percent. And then yeah. how would you divvy up the rest of the Eastern Conference? Put you on the spot. Okay, I'd go thirty percent Celtics, and then so fifty percent Bucks, thirty percent Celtics, and then ten percent probably on the Heat and Raptors. So you have the Celtics like greatly above the Raptors. Yeah. See, I would go differently. I would go, I would go, um, I think you have like a 55 to 60. I think I'll go 60% chance for the Bucks to make it. And then I think you got 20, um, on the Raptors and 20 on this, or, and then 15 on the Celtics and five on the Heat. Yeah. I, 
I don't know. I look at the Heat and the Raptors. I, I believe in the tough. Raptors more than the Celtics might be more talented, but the Raptors, I mean. I think you need a go-to score. The Raptors score. beat the Bucks last year, and I know Kawhi left, and he was a big part of that defense, but Nick Nurse knows how to slow Giannis down. And, That's true. Um, so that would be interesting. Um, and let's get back into the Western Conference here, though. Um, do you? How confident are you in a Lakers um, Clippers semifinals? Hundred percent. Uh, conference finals. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's. Is there a team that could take out the Clippers or Lakers besides in the West besides the Clippers or Lakers? Like realistically, do you think the Nuggets? Is there? I think could, ir- ironically, the the Clippers' hardest task before the Lakers is going to be in round one when they I play the too. Mavs. Because there is a level of like what the Mavs have, and it's like kind of what Philly has been waiting on for forever to have happen. Is like. The Mavs have Luka and KP, and those dudes could be, either of them could be the best player on the floor on a given night. Obviously, I'm not saying either of them are better than LeBron, but Luka could be. Luka on a given night could be. He could be the best player on the floor. Same with Porzingis. So I I agree that I think Dallas is a big problem. They're not a big problem, but it's going to be a a good test for the Clippers. Um, And then another team, we, we haven't mentioned the Thunder and Jazz um, the Thunder, I do, I don't think that they um, are really a threat to beat anyone, but I do think that they will not be an easy out by any means. I think they play hard. They weirdly have like, even though they blew it up and send everyone everywhere, they have like a good roster. If you think about it, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but um, they're just missing. They have no wings. Yeah, that's but that's like the story of. Yeah, the Thunder. Ever since, like, even when they had KD, they had no other wing with him. And then, obviously, when Westbrook was the one man show, they had a uh, freaking Roberson, Andre Roberson, the worst shooter of all time. He's back, I think, practicing. Andre Roberson. He well, he had an early injury, right? What was it? Like He's just been injured for like two years. I'm kind of confused what it is, but damn. Um, all right. Um, I guess like my last thing is I talked about this earlier. The the rap or the Wizards are like five and a half or six and a half half games back on um the magic and the nets there's no chance the wizards get i don't have beal anymore either isn't beal not going to the bubble i believe can you look that up right now because that yeah. is huge and, and that would contradict um the first part of this podcast today, everyone was recorded yesterday i apologize we had to shuffle the lineup a little but we're here giving you the content what do we got on bradley beal bradley beal will not play due to a right rotator cuff injury yeah and i mean with him, that just kind of makes sense because they're so far back and their team is obviously not very talented. For him, it's like maybe he's getting ready to gear up with Wall next year, looking towards the future. He had a tremendous season. So earlier when we mentioned um, the Wizards and their odds, I didn't have it very high, but I did say that Bradley Beal is the best player in that potentially. So you take him out. The Wizards have no chance in hell. Um, all right. I get it coming from Beal too. Like, Do you really want to go it. to this bubble when you're just going to like for sure not make the playoffs and it's just yeah. to leave your family like that would yeah, suck fuck that um so let's transition into the nfl we're going to talk um about antonio brown then we're going to go into dak prescott because he just got he just signed the franchise tag and his brother was tweeting about how he hates the cowboys and stuff um and then we're going to talk about the recently released madden ratings for this upcoming season um i'll just throw this out there to you i think antonio brown will be in the nfl next season I have a couple teams where I think he will land. Give me a team that you think, or first of all, do you think Antonio Brown will be in the next NFL next season? I hope so. He keeps tweeting like he's go, he's gonna come. You think back it's like sixty forty? I think it's fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Okay, I respect that. I go sixty forty. Um, something about him, like Deion Sanders taking him under his wing, I think is a positive sign. Um, but, and I think how talented he is. As soon as like, as long as there's no legal trouble and he's like cleared. Teams want to win enough that they will sign him. Um, so the first team I wanted to throw at you, because there's two that I've heard a lot of. The Texans, I think, would be a very interesting fit for Antonio Brown. Let me, like, flesh this idea out here. So obviously the te- Texans just lost DeAndre Hopkins, and Bill O'Brien seems to very much think that, like, he is the alpha or whatever. And where did Bill O'Brien come from? He, he came from the Belichick coaching tree. Who took a chance on people all the time? Bill Belichick even took a chance on Antonio Brown. I think 
it would go a long way to, in repairing Bill O'Brien's relationship with Deshaun Watson because he just fucking traded DeAndre Hopkins for what? What's the running back's name again? David Johnson. David Johnson, who was good for so like lost. two years. Um, giving him Antonio Brown might be interesting, and I think that Bill O'Brien might be delusional enough to think he could like contain Antonio Brown. Who knows? Maybe Antonio Brown will come back and not be. I, I have no idea how that's all going to work out, but I do think that Bill O'Brien thinks so highly of himself. He's probably like, I think he could handle it. Who do you got? Um, in the dream scenario, I would have Antonio Brown to the Seahawks. I have that written down too. Um, that would that be the best offensive weapon Russell Wilson has been able to throw to in his By entire far. career. By, By far, far, right? He hasn't even had like a legit His best offensive like, weapon has been Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, and his best receiver has been Doug Baldwin, right? Who's not bad. He's a good player. He's no Antonio yeah, he's Brown. He's no Antonio Brown. Um, who's freaking DK Metcalf is the other guy they have. Oh, yeah. Running him and Brown out that there. That would be filthy that would with be. Russell Wilson. And so they, the Seahawks could finally start throwing it a little more, which I never seem to understand how they do this shit sometimes of just like, you have Russell Wilson, who before Mahomes was the best quarterback in the NFL. Um yeah. Yeah. So um, Chris Carson, 35 carries. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> um, another team I had down here for AB would potentially be the Ravens. So that would I would not want that, but I think that um, Harbaugh, like I was talking about how Bill O'Brien thinks he could maybe control Antonio Brown. Harbaugh probably could. Yeah. Harbaugh is one Everyone of the best coaches him. in the league. He's very well respected. Lamar Jackson and Antonio Brown appear to have a friendly relationship. Have worked out a couple times. And I think that just the Ravens are like, even though Pat Mahomes is like just one Super Bowl MVP and all this stuff and just signed the big deal, the Ravens still kind of feel like the cool kid, new cool kid on the block in a way. And so Antonio Brown kind of going into that hype machine. They would be good. They would be good. It's not like a Brown situation where we don't know how it's going to go because they have fucking Freddie Kitchens coaching. But um, I think that the Ravens... Um, would be he would be gnarly on and then like i think the the greatest this guy's just freaking hammering away what is he hammering (laughs) nothing has changed every day he just hammers um sorry um another team that i think the the nfl worst case scenario like that all the teams would be so pissed off about would be um if he went to the chiefs oh because that would just be terrifying it would be terrifying they would just destroy yeah him and tyreek hill and travis kelsey and their new running back i have a question for you before we go into the next topic like what um is kareem hunt like gonna get to like are they gonna split up nick chubb and kareem hunt because like i know that if you're a browns fan you're like hell yeah i want both of them but at a certain point like those are like two of the top five to seven running backs in the in the league Kareem, like, Kareem Hunt insane. is still a freaking monster. He did not look wa- like like he lost a step really he was last good. year. And he then was the really carries good. they gave him. Yeah. Um, so that was just a side note. Do you have anybody else for Antonio Brown? I have the Packers and the Eagles. I think would both be disgusting. I really, I've heard the Packers haven't heard the Eagles really like that. Yeah. Really, really like. Because think Eagles. what Carson, I, Carson wants. We love Car- this is a Carson Wentz podcast. We, we well, it's not a Carson Wentz podcast, pro, but we're a pro, pro Carson, pro Wentz, Carson podcast. Wentz podcast. Come on the pod, Carson. <laughs> but um, if you look at what Carson Wentz does with Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, like he makes yeah. Alshon Jeffrey look so good sometimes. What would he do with Antonio Brown? Yeah, it would be crazy. And they also just got um, a guy with like the nineteenth or twentieth pick in the draft, a wide receiver who could be pretty good as well. Um, okay, let's go into the next segment. Um, Dak Prescott just signed the franchise tag with the Dallas Cowboys. His brother did a tweet that essentially said, I never liked the Cowboys growing up, and then implied basically he's going to go back to not liking the Cowboys soon, which would be if, like, Dak left. But Dak did – he's under the franchise tag for next year, which I – if you're the Cowboys, like, that's just a lot of money to be spending. I don't know. I don't think Dak is necessarily worth the money of a number one quarterback in the league. Um so this is a question that you and I and our and our dad have talked about kind of a lot. How many QBs in the league are better than Dak Prescott? So, but what I'm not going to do here is I'm not going to be like I'm not going to say like oh we're gonna like we're not going to really talk about it contract wise because D- Dak wanting Patrick Mahomes money is just like he would I'd, I'd rather have 29 quarterbacks than Dak making Patrick Mahomes money right Yeah. So that's just because it just financially wouldn't be worth it. Patrick Mahomes is the only guy who, and I mean, if they freaking let Russell Wilson throw the ball, maybe they would consider him too. But um, 
So I'm going to run down my list, and then if you disagree, chime in, and then I maybe forgot a few people. Okay. okay. So these are quarterbacks that I would rather have than Dak Prescott in the upcoming season, Not in, and we're not going to do the salary shit. So Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz. Josh Allen. Tom Brady. Drew Brees. Deshaun Watson. And then I also have Baker Mayfield. I think I'm forgetting some people who... Yeah, I have, I have a decent amount more. Okay, I'm, I, I I probably will agree with all of them. So just take so it from here. All of the ones that you said, except Josh Allen, I agree one hundred percent can't be disputed. What the stallion? I'm not I, with Josh I, I, Allen. I, I like Josh Allen, but I think I think that we're higher on him than most people. But the other guys, like one hundred, I'm gonna get a Josh Allen jersey. That'd, oh, be, that'd sweet. be fire. Okay, I think Kyler Murray is one hundred percent better than Dak Prescott. I would agree. I think Matt Ryan is one hundred percent better than Dak Prescott. Yep. And then these ones, these might be a little controversial, but I think they are all better than Dak Prescott. Wait, you said Ryan and who? Kyler Murray. Murray. Okay, I'm just writing this down so we can have the number. In my for opinion, it. I think Matthew Stafford is better. I agree. Philip Rivers is better. You know, Jared I agree. Goff is better. Jimmy Garoppolo is better, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be better too. Okay, Stafford and Rivers, I'll give you. I'm not going to put Goff. No Goff. I I I would probably. <sighs> What about Garoppolo? What Garoppolo's record is like? Yeah, insane. Jimmy G. But like, people like just love to fucking shit on Jimmy like, G. And it's so record? funny. Like, it's like I, I just I would kill to go twenty six and five. Here's just a sidebar. <laughs> I just don't fucking understand being a fan of a team, but then like hating your quarterback. Oh, my, I'm like it's just I don't so weird. It's like you can hate him in your head or something, but like, like, and it's different. I think with a coach. I think it's different. But it's just like I've seen Niners fans like complaining and saying shit on fucking Twitter where it's like Jimmy G sucks. It's like, bro, what would what he's was like your guys, 21 and 5? What was your guys record when he tore his ACL last year? I mean, like that's how you got Nick two, Bosa. Like 2 and 14, right? <laughs> they were horrible. So like I don't know. That's just like it's just ridiculous. And so I agree with Jimmy G. Um Goff, I'm going to leave off for this reason. Jared Goff is with Sean McVay, who I think is a genius, and he sh- he played like shit last year. Yeah, he did. So I'm going to leave him off. So I'm going to count Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, Rodgers, Wentz, Allen. I need to count these out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That is 15 quarterbacks, putting Dak Prescott right at around number 16, with Jared Goff, I mean, you probably have Baker Mayfield at like around 15, and Josh Allen at like 14, and then you're going to get guys like Sam Darnold who come into the conversation. Two up. Um, and, oh, here's another thing before we go to the Madden ratings. If you like to like shit on Gardner Minshew on the internet, fuck you. Like, <laughs> who doesn't like Gardner Minshew? And like, the, I, I was talking to a good friend of the program, Big Dog, about this last night. If like if you were to go to like probably people listening to this like I think most of you would say unless you're ride or die pineapple couch fans and you're on the Minshew trains with me but most people would say like I'd probably rather have Daniel Jones than Gardner Minshew that's ridiculous Gardner Minshew's better than Daniel Jones sorry he's not like I I don't know he has like just the like the grit the 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 fire in him he's a leader he just that's why I love Baker he has like yeah that in him. And um and Gardner has I feel like more of it than Baker. It's yeah. a more lovable version of Baker. Yeah, where a it, less controversial. Baker. Yeah, and so I I really hope I hope so badly that Gardner Minshew stays in the league and is a good quarterback because uh, he will. I just love the guy. I love the guy. Um, all right, let's get into um we're gonna go through the Madden ratings for and what we got Madden twenty one coming out. Yeah, that's freaking weird. I remember Madden O three. I remember Madden O two. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, are we? Because we're just live reacting to these. Yeah, we're. Much. Johnny's gonna read them to me, and I've seen them, um, but I don't remember like everything. Like I know a couple of things I'll disagree with, but then we're gonna just live react, and um, I think this should be fun because I think some of this, some of that, you're gonna hear some of these guys, and you're gonna be like, "What the what?" So let's get into. What are we gonna start with, John? Do you want overall and number like on the list of that, for that position? Yes. Okay. Number one for quarterbacks is Patrick Mahomes at a ninety-nine. I agree. Number two, Russell Wilson at a ninety-seven. I agree. Number three, Lamar Jackson at a ninety-four. I agree. 
I agree. I mean, I'm surprised he's not on 95. Dude, he's probably going to be like the most, the, the craziest. Well, I guess Mahomes next year will be too. But like Lamar Jackson's speed in next year's Madden. Oh, this like year Madden. It was so I didn't play dumb. much Madden this year. Oops, sorry. Um, so what we got, uh, Wilson was at 97. Mm-hmm. You can give him a 98. I'd be fine with that. Um, what do we got for the fourth QB slot? At four, they have Drew Brees at a 93. I kind of disagree. I disagree. I would name a couple quarterbacks over Drew Brees. Where do they got Brady? They have Brady at five at a 90. I think Brady's better than Drew Brees. Well, I think Rodgers is better than Drew Brees. I think Carson Wentz is better than Drew Brees. And Deshaun Watson's definitely better than Drew Brees. Drew Brees over Brady's stupid too. Does no one realize just like how Drew Brees like is one of the he, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but his arm is just half of what it was. Um, yeah, but I still like him just to have just because he makes smart decisions, which is the main thing you want in a quarterback. But he's not Brady or Rodgers. Yeah, so Rodgers is six at an eighty-nine. They put Aaron Rodgers as an eighty-nine. Yeah, what do they have? Freaking, where's Watson? At seven, they have Matt Ryan at an eighty-seven, and at number eight, they have Watson at eighty-six. And dude, l- listen to this: at number nine, they Matt have- Ryan's good. So I don't want like I think Watson's probably right around Matt Ryan, but I think he's probably a little better. Yeah, I agree. Um, Matt, I, I, I love put Matt Ryan, I would put Watson and Ryan both over Breeze. Watson and Ryan over Breeze. Yeah, but like and Brady, I think very highly of Matt Ryan. Well, Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan's a stud. I like Matt Ryan. And um, number nine, they have Dak Prescott ahead of Carson Wentz, both at eighty-four overalls. I see. I disagree with a lot of that. I mean, I think, I mean, I think we just went through it of all the people who we think are better. Um, but I the Breeze thing just kind of stands out the most to me here, and the disrespect at um Deshaun Watson. Yeah, eight, I thought Watson. Would, if I had to guess, that would be 92. like a ninety-two. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. What what do we got for uh? Okay, what you want to go got? running back next? Yeah, let's go running back. So let right. me let me try and guess because I don't remember the running backs. So you got number one's got to be Christian McCaffrey. Yep, ninety nine. Number two is it Saquon? No, Saquon's disrespected. Is it Zeke? No, it's not Zeke. It's the it's a Derrick Henry at number two. Oh, Derrick Henry. Okay, what's uh what's Derrick Henry rated? Ninety three. Ninety three. Mm-hmm. You can give him ninety five. I'm fine. He had such a run. What do we got? Number three is Barkley. No, number three is Nick Chubb at 92. Dude, Saquon Barkley is low on this. I thought Saquon would be two. Okay, Nick Chubb at 92. And at number four, they got Zeke Elliott at 92 as well. And at number five, they have Saquon at 91. Wow. I think um, if I were to do it, it would be McCaffrey. Um, i get Henry at two, so I'll keep that. And then I'd go Barkley, uh, Elliott. I think I would go McCaffrey, then Saquon, and then I'd go Dalvin Cook at three. Okay. Well, so Dalvin Cook's at six at a ninety-one. Okay, that's, I, I, he's good. He deserves that. He could go even a little higher for me, but maybe he will over the course of the season. This next part of this list is crazy to me. Okay, they have Aaron Jones at number seven at a ninety. That's all right. I like that. Joe Mixon's at number eight at an eighty-nine, and Josh Jacobs at an eighty-eight. And okay. they have both of those guys over Alvin Kamara. Okay. Alvin Kamara's ten. Okay. I had Joe Mixon on my fantasy team last year. Joe Mixon sucks. He gets like two yards of carry. He sucks, and he's like their only option too. So. Get Joe Nixon the fuck out of the top 10. I'm fine with maybe Josh Jacobs being at 10. He's a good player. Kamara's got to be higher. Um, and then Kamara's I better think... than Aaron Jones, too. Kamara's better than Nick Chubb, in my opinion. Kamara... Yeah, I mean, where's Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt's not on it. Kareem Hunt, Austin Eckler. Pretty good players. Our boys. Not right. Kareem. Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to clarify <laughs> that. Um, all right, so what do we've done? Quarterback and Quarterbacks running backs. Quarterbacks and running backs. What do we got for wide receiver? Okay, number one. Wait, wait, wait. It's a 99, a number one. A 99 and a number one. Is it Michael Thomas? Yeah. Because he set a record last year, right? I don't know. He shouldn't be 99. He shouldn't be number one. He just gets a bunch of short passes from Drew Brees. Keep yeah. going. At number two, they have Hopkins at 98. Dude, the disrespect of Julio Jones is like the third greatest wide receiver ever. Come on. Yeah, then they got, they got Julio at three at 97. Okay. And they have number four, Tyreek Hill, 96. I see. I, I think Hill is better than I think Hill's better than Hawkins Thomas and Michael and Thomas. Hopkins. Okay. I, if I had to go, I'd go number one Julio, number two Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I agree. So what do we got after Tyreek Hill? Devontae Adams at ninety-four. I agree. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper ninety-three is too high. What? Too high. Where's Keenan Allen? Ten. Okay. Listen to this number seven. Amari Cooper listen should num- not be in the. Yeah, what? I know. I know. Listen to this number se- number seven. Stephon Diggs at ninety-two. Thielen's better than Thielen's Diggs. way better than Diggs. That's. Uh, Number eight, they have Mike Evans at ninety two. He's he's good. He's good, but he's better than those. He's last better than Cooper and Diggs. Uh, Odell at ninety one at number nine. They had Amari Cooper and Stephon Diggs better than Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, yeah. Amari Cooper at ninety three. I would guess he would have been like an eighty seven. 
Yeah. And then they have Keenan Allen at number 10, 91. I, I agree with Keenan being rated about a 91, 92. I just, I, it's absurd that the Amari Cooper. Uh, call me off guard. That's weird. I mean, he didn't have that crazy of a year last year. Um, so let's do. Um, we still have tight end left on offense, and we got some defensive stuff. Okay, let's do tight end, and then we'll do um, one or t- one or two defensive things. We're almost at an hour. Okay, at number one tight end, they have Kittle at ninety eight. Okay, number- I like that. Kel- and Kelsey's probably two, right? Yeah, Kelsey at ninety seven. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna. I'm one. I'm wondering right now because I haven't seen the tight ends. How high did they put Gronk? They put Gronk at a ninety five overall. So it's three. three. That's too high. That's way too high. Ninety five. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I love Gronk. I, I get it. I don't know. It's tough. I think that's a little too high. Like, Zach Ertz is really freaking good. I think he should get some love. What, what's yeah, Zach? Ertz is at a 95 below Gronk. Yeah, see, Gronk should probably be like a 90-91. And that's only because he took a year off. And that's I like, mean, like, even in the, Gronk's last year, though, he like he wasn't better than Ertz in his last year in the league. Yeah, but maybe there, it's a projection of they th- how they think this Tampa Bay offense is going to roll. All right. What do we else, what do else we got? Oh, dude, I'd rather have Chris Godwin than Amari uh, Cooper. Oh yeah, Chris we didn't Godwin's think about stud. that. Well, well, like Thielen too. Yeah, and then um, oh no, I guess I wouldn't take. I was thinking like Jarvis Juju Landry. had a horrible no, year. Juju had a bad year. Um, I don't know. All right, what do we got? Keep going. Okay, Austin Hooper at number five and eighty nine. Evan Ingram eighty eight number six. Jared Cook eighty seven number seven. Mark Andrews eighty six number eight. Greg Olson eighty six number nine. Darren Waller eighty five at ten. I have no problems with that. I don't think Hunter Henry should be in the top ten. So Jared Cook's higher than Mark Andrews. It's a little weird. Yeah, Mark Andrews had a hell of a year. Um, okay, I think we both want to talk about pass rushers. Right? Yeah, let's talk about pass rushers. Okay, number one, Aaron Donald, 99. I get that. Number two, J.J. Watt, 98. J.J. Watt is overrated. That is too high. J.J. Watt, at one point, was a 98. He should probably be like a 92, 93 now, and that's out of respect for him. But, I mean, they have him over Khalil Mack and Vaughn Miller. Cleo Mack should yeah. be the number two. Yeah. Or Cleo Mack should be a 99 with Aaron Donald. Max, remember his first year on the Bears? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. His I think first... we're going to see something like that again this year. We'll keep going. Okay. Um, I said Mack and Vip Miller. Number five, Fletcher Cox at 96. He's so good. I like. All these guys Bosa? are so great. Where's Bosa? The Bosas aren't on it. What? Neither of them. They've got Cam Jordan at number six, 96. Joey Bose is better than Cam Chandler Jordan. Jones, 95. I, Chandler Joe Jones, Jones is so beast, good. Number seven. Okay. Calais Campbell, number eight, 95. What the no, fuck? Calais Campbell was not as good like, last year. Calais Campbell should be like an 89. And then Nick Mal- Bosa was better than Calais Campbell. Nick Bosa was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year last yeah, year. that's so fucking okay. stupid. Miles Garrett at number nine, 93. He's very good. He's very good. He's not better than Joey Bosa. Keep going. Okay. Chris Jones at number 10 at 92. Wow, no Bosa. No Bosa's and no Shaq Barrett, who had 19 and a half sacks last year. Oh, that's some that's some disrespect. He had 19 and a half sacks. That's some disrespect. Okay, and then let's wrap it up. As I, I did see the uh, safety one. Yeah, okay. They have Harrison Smith as the best safety. Just go go through it all, and then I, we'll say, I'll say what I want to say. Okay. The Honey Badger at 93 at number two. Jamal Adams, 92 at 3. Devin McCourty, 92 at 4. Kevin Byard, 91 at 5. Justin Simmons, 90 at 6. Derwin James, 89 at 7. Eddie Jackson, 89 at 8. Micah Hyde, 88 at 9. Earl Thomas, 88 at 10. Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. That's a fucking travesty. And the second best safety in the league, maybe the first best safety if he wasn't hurt last year, is Derwin James. Dude, the Honey Badger, Tyrion Matt. Tyron Matthew or Tyrion? I want. I probably call him Tyrion because of the uh, fucking Thrones. Um, <laughs> he's good. He's a great player. He's not a the second best safety in the league. I'd put Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson's a stud. I, I, I think I'd low key put Eddie, plays, Eddie Jackson at three. I would go Adams, Derwin, Eddie Jackson, and then I'd, mm, McCordy is really good. McCordy makes so many plays for even though he's kind of old. He is, but I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I really like Eddie Jackson. I think, I think, yeah, maybe you throw McCourty at four. You keep Boyd at, or Breard at five. Uh, Fired. Fired. God. Um, Earl Thomas, I think, is just a respect thing putting him in there because he's been good for so long. Um, I guess it's not too bad. I just think that um, Harrison Smith is not the best safety in the league. I thought it was like consensus that Jamal Adams was the best safety in the league. Yeah, me too. Um, makes sense why he wants to get out of the Jets. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, I think that is going to do it. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to be back next Monday or Tuesday with a baseball breakdown for that what's going to come because that's very exciting. And what we're also going to do is we're going to bring trivia back and we're going to go. It's going to be an intense game. It's going to be a little different than other games. It's going to be more sports-based than any other game we've played. There will still be other categories, but I'm saying this now. The questions are going to be a lot harder than we have had on any trivia show so far. So if you like listening and playing along and you always dominate, here's a challenge. If you like listening and you don't dominate, well, get some studying in. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be what we're going to have is we're going to have our resident NBA insider, John Robbins, paired with Big Dog going against my father, Jeff Robbins. He's so good at trivia. He's It's a daunting task to take him on, but I think if anyone could do it, it would be the combination of John Robbins, NBA insider, resident NBA insider, excuse me, and Big Dog, Andrew Ratcliffe. Um, ASAP, any squad, any place. Any squad, any place. Um, so yeah, that will be next Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to start writing trivia questions for that right now. Um, again, this is the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you uh, to Johnny for coming on today. Um, have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Take care. Nice. Yep. <laughs>